This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet. Online at SaferNet.com. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the voice of collaboration for the faith and work movement. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Well, let's find out right now. You know, everyone has a calling. Did you know that was true? Some of us are called to the pulpit and others to the foreign mission field, but most of us get called to our cubicles or some other kind of work environment. The job that you do and the people that you work with, none of that is by chance because the people that you work with need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. What if you had only one chance in a lifetime to impact one person or one chance today to impact one person? Well, Ed Rush is just that guy. He may only have one chance to impact somebody's life. So every time he speaks to an audience, he makes sure they interact with God. I can't wait for you to hear Ed Rush's story and how he's impacting leadership-seeking audiences around the globe to meet and hear God talk. Ed Rush, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim and Martha, thanks for having me on the show. Just want to honor what you do. You know, uh, when I started uh, in the military, certainly when I got into the workforce, uh, the, the whole work the church thing was not a thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of a thing now. Like we're, we're talking about it. Uh, and I appreciate you being on the front lines of that long before it was a thing. So I'm excited for our conversation. It, it's, <laughs> boy, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. <laughs> and before we get Thank into you. what God has you do on a day-to-day basis, what's your Jesus story? Yeah. So uh, the short version is I was eight. Uh, my father was one of the most famous basketball referees of all time. My mom actually was a, was a famous basketball coach. I came from a basketball family. Uh, and my dad was meeting off and on with the sideline announcer, the PA announcer for the Seattle Supersonics, a team that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but uh, And this guy started sharing Jesus with him. Next thing you know, brought him to dinner one night, uh, invited a friend of his who was in charge of this big organization called PAO, Pro Athletes Outreach. Uh, they met with my dad, shared Christ with him. The next day, my dad comes back from his trip and sits down with me and says, son, I have, I have to talk to you because you're a sinner. And I was like, no. No argument there, dad. Uh, I was not the best kid. <laughs> uh, and literally, he's like, well, you need to repent. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And that's eight years old, you know, sitting in my bedroom, uh, I became a believer. And that's the beginning of a long story of a long story. <laughs> but that's the story. That PA announcer is who connected us. That's George Tolls. George? George, yeah. George is who connected yeah. us. One of my favorite people still today. I talk to George every month, uh, a person that I consider a mentor. Uh, and I believe one of the most influential men in the kingdom, even though he wouldn't admit it. Mm. Well, you know, and just hearing that little piece of your story, that man was living out his faith in his work. And just look at the trajectory of uh, the lives that it impacted. And that's why we talk about that on I Work For Him each and every time we get behind the microphone. Yeah, I, was, you know? I, <laughs> I was encouraging George. Uh, you know, George has Parkinson's had it for right. like the last 20 years. And I was encouraging him and I was, t- I was just explaining to him, like literally tens of thousands of people are, have had conversations with God as a result of what I just wrote my last book, which I know we're going to talk about. And I said, George, if you hadn't had that dinner, you know, think about that. That's just one person. And he's led hundreds of people to Christ. I said, if you hadn't had that dinner. So it's, it's exciting to think about these little drops in the water and the, the way yeah. the, you know, the, the ripples kind of affect all the way out. So that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, tens of thousands of people have learned about God because of you. I love that. All right, you have a storied career as a fighter pilot, in- including setting a record for flying the furthest in a single <laughs> engine, two-engine plane, single with a single engine for a plane that's supposed to have two. Yeah, 
tell tell us about this Top Gun career you had. Yeah, so I was a uh, uh, first of all thing you should know is I failed kindergarten, uh, so I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Got into the Which military I, that would. I forget, I've read that. I'm like, how do you, how do you failed kindergarten? I mean, very simple. Flying an airplane is not hard. You push the stick forward, the houses get bigger. You pull the stick back, the houses get smaller. You push the red <laughs> button on the stick, all the houses go away. It's really all you need to know. Uh, but yeah, failed kindergarten, ended up in the Marines, uh, which is a perfect spot for me because the entrance requirement is very low. It turned out I was pretty good at flying an airplane, um, just took it very simply, ended up as a leading instructor in the Marine Corps for one against one dogfighting, graduated from Top Gun, uh, flew that airplane across the ocean. We were, we were flying actually from Hawaii to Wake Island. I lost an engine in the middle of the ocean, flew over a thousand miles on a single engine, uh, landed on a broken airfield uh, in, on, uh, on Wake Island. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, fascinating By the story. Way, nobody listening knows where Wake Island is. I, when I was reading it, I, I didn't have a chance to go look at the map to figure out where. I have no idea where that is. First place. It's the first place the sun touches in America. It's literally right over the international dateline in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, the first morning in America is on Wake Island. And it's this tiny little air, air, uh, airstrip on a tiny little island. Literally, the airstrip is one third of the entire island. Tiger sharks jumping over the reef. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I spent the night. Wow. So did God intersect with you in your fighter pilot career or was it after? Yeah. So I was walking with God basically from eight, you know, kind of off and on like any kid does. When I got in the Marine Corps, I honestly, I was convinced Jim and Martha, I I, I was convinced there were 192,000 Marines when I was in the, when I joined the Marine Corps and I was convinced I was the only one. Like I thought that's, just me, you know, I'm going into this, this mission field. So the first night, so I brought these little cards with me to boot camp. Uh, Marine Corps boot camp, by the way, is no joke, right? You have these guys yelling at you, pushing you around. I brought these little cards that I would keep in my uniform that were just little verses, like little verses just to stay encouraged while I was there. Uh, and, um, and the first night in boot camp, they tell you never volunteer for anything. The first night, my drill instructor, just as we were getting ready to go to bed, uh, he said, listen, if you all want to, just before you go go to sleep, one of the candidates, which is what we're called recruits, he said, one of the candidates, you can say a short prayer for everyone. And I was like, what in the world did he just say? Wow. And he said, does anyone want to volunteer to do that? And I'm like, I'm definitely not going to volunteer to do this job. <laughs> and out of nowhere, I kid you not, nobody ever speaks up in boot camp. Out of nowhere, someone said, Ed will do it. I was like, what? what? It's like, it must have been like an angel because no, we didn't even know each other. Okay. And literally for 10 straight weeks, I got to pray every single night for my entire boot camp class. I'd bring my little verses out, read one of those verses, uh, and I realized I wasn't alone. And that little that little realization took me through everything. Took me to flight school. Took me into the business world. Took me into the speaking world, writing. We have this idea in the, especially in the workplace, that you're kind of the only one out there. And the only reason you're the only one is because you haven't told anybody, frankly, because there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people, right? And um, and yeah, you're not alone. And even if you're not, even if you are out there on the mission field by yourself, you're still not alone. But that was an interesting lesson for me early on. Amazing. That is so great. So, you know, really much like the first story we said where the, that one man, the impact he had, that one, you know, um, commanding officer over you, what an impact he had by allowing you that opportunity yeah. to break. So let's talk about this. Did you ever struggle then with connecting your faith and your work? Yeah. I mean, I came out of a, a Christian tradition where you had uh, all of the spiritual things over here. And then you kind of had everything else way over here. And there was a great gulf between the two of those things. Uh, I was taught that there were important things like, um, like missions and ministry and preaching and teaching and worship. And everything else was kind of like over here, way off to the side. 
Uh, and by the way, that's not a biblical, there's, there's no biblical foundation for any of that. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons we had a reformation in the 14, 15, and 1600s was because of that belief that there was a sort of secular crowd and everyone else was inferior. And it's interesting in the church, even today, you hear that kind of leak through. For example, you'll hear a missionary who will stand up and speak and they'll, they'll start by saying, you know, we always knew our, we wanted our life to mean something more. And all the people in the business world are like, well, what am I now? Like, you know, chop mm-hmm. liver. Uh, and and, and I'm, just, I'm not criticizing the missionary. That's what they were taught to. But there's even that idea that sort of there are these really important things to God. And then everything else is like not really that important. But I will tell you, the workplace is really important. Like, for example, I get criticized for saying this. I've been saying this for the last year. Um, there's a guy named Elon Musk who, when he bought Twitter, created a massive change in the world simply through acquisition. And by the way, Elon Musk isn't even a believer for all intents and purposes. He's like an atheist, but he was thinking like a kingdom person when he did that. And it's kingdom people. I think we need to start thinking more like kingdom people in that world. So faith and work was a major issue for me when I went into the business world. So I left the Marines back in 2006, started writing books, teaching entrepreneurs. Uh, and I was a business guy, hardcore nails, you know, nails, uh, pounding nails in the business world. Uh, I was teaching people productivity and how to grow their business and like real, real tough stuff, you know, uh, and that'll factor into the story in just a second. But I'm sitting in my little chair. I still have this chair over here where I sit and pray, read, uh, breathe, and just sort of listen to God, do my God talks. And I'm sitting in the chair and I had dedicated myself that day to do one hour of prayer. That was my goal. I had heard a sermon the weekend before. Remember when uh, Jesus says, like, could you tarry for an hour? I heard the sermon the week before and I'm like, I'm a Marine. I can do an hour. And so I challenged myself to pray for an hour, hour straight. I actually took a piece of paper like the one I have here. I laminated it. I had everyone's name on it that I was going to pray for all the verses and everything. And so I started praying. And about five minutes into praying, much like all of us have experienced, my mind started wandering. And then I'm like disciplining myself to bring it back. And then I'm, you know, uh, scolding myself for not being disciplined enough. Uh, And I'm bringing myself back to prayer. And my mind's wandering. I'm bringing myself back to prayer. My mind keeps wandering. And it's very frustrating at this point. I'm about 20 minutes into what's supposed to be an hour. And what my mind was wandering to later on that afternoon, I had a business deal discussion, huge deal for me, for the person I was talking to, turned into a six-figure deal, by the way, down down the road. And we're going to be negotiating the nuances of that deal. And and a business deal, by the way, is a way to help people, right? You help them, they help you. Everyone gets what they want. That's why I love the business world is uh, everyone really does get what they want out of a transaction. And so I'm thinking through this business deal while I'm supposed to be praying. I'm thinking through this business deal while I'm supposed to be praying. And all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb pops up into my head. And I realized the person bringing that deal to my mind was God. And his interest that morning in our time together was to partner with me on what turned into a very significant business transaction for me. And it blew my mind that Mm. God was even interested, frankly, in a conversation about something that I thought he considered. And what I had been told, by the way, was a necessary evil. And I sat there for the next 40 minutes, literally in the same church growing up or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, actually, it's, it's we very all, pervasive. Yeah. It's, it's almost, and I don't mean to say it uh, so abrasively, but there's almost in, in the church, certain, in certain church environments, there's almost like a cult-like view of this sacred secular uh, separation. I was taught the only thing that you really, the only good thing you can do in the work environment is either to pre- evangelize or give money away, okay? And what I found is, Man, you, you sit down with someone. What I do primarily is help business owners grow. You sit down with someone and you help them grow. You help them grow their ability to, to bless. Okay. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. When you help someone grow, you, and you, you grow their ability to bless. By the way, even if they're not a believer, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, 
Uh, and when you do that with excellence, you reflect the nature and the glory of God, whether you say it with words or not. Uh, and sometimes the first thing you should do in the workplace is be awesome. Be mm-hmm. awesome enough that people come up to you and do like, dude, can you give me like your secret? You know? Uh, and so, man, that conversation with God sitting in that chair blew my mind. And so I started these somewhat daily conversations with God specifically about business. I still do it today. Today, I took about an hour, uh, maybe hour and a half walk for 20 minutes during the walk. I just sat on the side of the trail, closed my eyes, just sit and listen to God about my day. I call it downloading my instructions. It's a daily habit that I still do today. And it's fascinating how interested God is in your business, far more than you think. <laughs> than you think. I'll put it to you that I think way. it's important to know for our listeners that we believe on this show that God loves business so much yeah. that God could have sent Jesus to any family on the planet but he chose to send Jesus to the family of a small business owner. And when that small business owner died before Jesus entered his ministry, Jesus was in fact that small business owner and led that family business. God loves business. It's not a necessary evil. It is a tool that he has used to bring about flourishing and cultivating on this planet. And there's no two-tiered system in the kingdom. That as well, we agree with Rush. And this Amen. is why I love talking to Ed right. today. So, so I, I was love- reading. Sorry, I know I'm interrupting because I know you're going to ask a question. I was just yeah. sitting reading uh, in Matthew just, just recently. You know, there's that story. So I was taught growing up in the church and I know we're moving on, but I, I thought this was so funny. I was taught growing up in the church. Jesus went to these fishermen, these poor fishermen uh, and said, uh, come and follow me. And they left everything behind and they followed Jesus. That's what I was taught. What, what, what I read when I read this first, it said they left the nets with the hired hands. And then they follow Jesus, right? And I thought, well, that's interesting because like four chapters later, they're back in the boat. Another four chapters later, Jesus is standing in their boat preaching. And after he rises again, they're fishing again, right? So I was taught they left everything, but you know what they did? They left their business in the hands of people who they could trust so mm-hmm. that they could do, go be with Jesus so that they could come back to their business so that they could go be with Jesus. And they could have it. I was like, blew my mind, left their nets with the hired hands. I was like, they had hired hands. I didn't even know that because I, I yeah. missed, you know? And what you just said, too, is God used their business because, you know, Jesus was in their boat. Jesus used the miracle of the fish as a huge example to so many in their workplace. So we could talk about this. Yeah, we could. This is one of the things that why I work for him is on the air is that so many people have trouble connecting their faith and their work and really understanding that it is a biblical perspective. So we're pretty excited in 2024 that there are a lot of great in-person events that we're going to be participating in where there's a deeper dive into that connection of our faith and work. And so I just want to encourage our listeners to go to our event page on iworkforhim.com forward slash events. And there you can find out what might be either near you or fit your calendar or really be speaking into the space where you could join us um, at one of these events that might just take you a little further in that journey. So check out the events page and we'd love to see you guys in person at one of the places that we are this year. All right, Ed, God has used you to introduce people to him in a pretty unique way. And you wrote a book about it. God talks and I can't. I, You're I, showing it on the video. Showing it on the videos. If, if you don't ever check us out on YouTube, you should absolutely check us on YouTube. Because <laughs> you see the faces that I make when I'm doing the show. <laughs> it's God entertaining. What, t- tell me. This God talks thing. How do you use this in your secular environment? God is throwing you in the, in the midst of how's God using you to introduce people to him? Yeah. So uh, back to the chair I was sitting in. So sitting in there having developing this, this um, habit of having a conversation with God. Uh, and I had this old um, 
this old sort of spiritual teacher guy. He was a friend of mine. And he came to me and he said, I've been praying for you. And I feel the Lord has something he, he wants me to tell you. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, whatever God wants to say, I'm very open to that. Uh, and he said, he said, the verse is cursed is him who withholds grain. And dude, when he said that, I about, my heart about dropped through my, 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 my body. I'm like, did he just say curse it? Like, that's what God has to say to me. And he, and this, this older man, he said, um, he said, Ed, you have developed this technique for having a conversation with God about your business, about money, about your family, your personal experience, but you really haven't taught any, anyone that. And I looked at this guy, I said, look, I don't teach that. I called it wooey, wooey stuff. That's what I used to call that stuff. I said, <laughs> I don't teach wooey, wooey stuff. I don't teach mindset. I don't teach like claim it, name it. I don't teach, you know, like you think about it, it'll happen. I teach hardcore business strategies, marketing, branding, positioning, copywriting, communication, persuasion, like productivity. That's what I teach. And he goes, well, the Lord wants you to, to share this message. Okay. So like the next event, I do these three-day events. And by the way, what you mentioned about the events is right on most business owners, most people in business feel alone. If, you, if you're feeling that way, or if you feel like you're struggling to kind of like find your passion and your mission, get around other people who are mission-minded people. That's one of the reasons why you should go to the I Work For Him events. It's like unbelievable when you get around people who think the same way. You're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. And you hear amazing speakers and you get connected to some incredible people. Well, I do these events. They're typically two to three-day events. The event I'm talking about was a three-day event. And during the event, about 170 people at this event, I said, look, I said, anyone who wants to ask questions to God and get answers about your business, I'm going to do this optional session on the third day. It's at eight o'clock in the morning and you can come if you want to. We had 169 out of 170 people show up. And these are some believers. There's also atheists, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus. Uh, There's folks who are skeptics, people who have no idea, idea what to believe. And I start teaching them. I said, here's how I ask God questions about my business. And I put some music on. I said, I want you to ask this first question and journal the answer. Then I, then I said, I'm going to have you ask the second question, journal the answer. Literally, I'm looking around the room. All these people are like writing down. I'm like, I can't believe this is actually working, right? After the training, this atheist woman walks up to me. I had known her. She was actually a coaching client of mine. Uh, and she had a yellow pad of paper. Like if you're watching the video, you can mm-hmm. see I'm holding this yellow pad of paper. And she comes up to me and she says, Ed, I'm an atheist. And I have two pages of notes that I just wrote down from God. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, uh, Francine, you're the atheist. You tell me. I'm like, I can't even answer that question in your context, okay? Mm -hmm. So for the next two years, this woman, every Friday, sets aside an hour every Friday for two straight years to talk to God. I I was like, Francine, you talk to God. You pray more than most Christians on an hour a week, you know? I couldn't even do an hour sitting in that chair. So it turns out this woman has this massive abuse as she's growing up, five to 17 years old abused by her father. She completely shuts down any conversation with God, any discussion about any heavenly father, because why would you believe in a heavenly father if your earthly dad uh, was so awful? She doesn't tell the story for 40 years until she has this conversation with God. And three months after this conversation with God, she's standing on my stage at my event, telling a story about how God breaks through her heart. And next thing you know, she's free. Now, uh, she would have, by the way, just so you know, I love the church. She would have never gone to church. Never. I'm telling you, I don't care what, what the invitation was, what choir was singing, who was that? No way she was going to walk into a church, but she walked into a business event and at a business event, learning marketing, positioning, branding, productivity, strategies, persuasion, copywriting at a business event, because she was there to learn the things that I just mentioned. She has this massive encounter with God. And what I realized is essentially what God created for me was what I call a covert operation. 
In other mm. words, people come to receive what they want and they do get it at my events, by the way, they're extraordinary events. But also at the events, I facilitate and shepherd a conversation with God because why would you ask someone here for answers when you could first ask God for answers? Behind me, there's this little tool that I teach called the wisdom pyramid. The top of the wisdom pyramid is divine wisdom. Whenever you're seeking for answers in your life, your purpose, your business, your family, your health, you start at the top. You ask God the questions first, then you ask your friends or the people that you take uh, advice from. And essentially what I do now is I do these business events where beautiful atheists, beautiful Hindus, Muslims, Christians, everybody from all walks of life, skeptics, people who have no idea what they believe, people who are pretending to believe something but have no clue what they actually believe. The next thing they know and they walk in and have a conversation with God. I've been doing this for like six years now. And I can tell you, I know two people out of tens of thousands of people, I've had two people in all that time come up to me and say they didn't get a significant answer from God. Two people. By the way, there was a reason uh, for both of those people. So yeah, that's what I do. So, wow. (laughs) I just want to, I want to start with the wow. <laughs> are you still doing that as an optional session and then people no. are still coming? Or <laughs> no, no, I just want to know what no. that looks like now. Yeah. So that, that optional went out the window about three yeah. years ago. I essentially now I build the entire events around a conversation with God. Like, for example, my next event is a very business centered event. The very first conversation that my folks are going to have with God is about money. The second conversation, God's going to break through and talk about their purpose. Then the next day, we're literally asking God questions about it. What's our ideal customer? Where are ideal places to look for our customer? Actual real, I'm talking about like real executable questions. Again, I love starting at divine wisdom because God's wisdom is always very simple. When a business owner implements what God has for them, it's never complicated. The list is very short. Wisdom, by the way, wisdom in general is always very, very simple to implement. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to someone who's like a business consultant and you come away confused with a long list of things to do, you did not receive wisdom. You got knowledge, but you didn't get wisdom. Wisdom is always simple. So when you connect with God, it's very easy. Uh, so I have a philosophy these about people, easy and light. <laughs> yeah, good. These people know that that's going to yeah. be the agenda when they come yeah, they and they do come now. anyway. Yeah, yeah. They do now. Yeah, they do now. Yeah. So, and they did then too. I, I just told them, look, I'm going to facilitate a conversation with God. But I always tell people, and you read the book, Jim, you can, you can attest to this. I tell people, look, you can come to this with any belief system. It's a very safe place. Okay. So um, I, man, I grew up, when I grew up, as a believer, I thought God, I was told God doesn't speak to anyone but his uh, people or, or something like that. And by the way, that's not, that's not, that's not, not in the Bible. Um, that is a lie <laughs> that comes from the pit of hell. In the Bible that he speaks He's, to people who aren't his followers. Like even through a donkey, if he needed to, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, so, I mean, Jesus was called the word, right? If he's the word, you got to think he's got something to say. Uh, and so I, first of all, I was shocked that he was, speaking to all these people who I thought he didn't speak to. But yeah, now what I do is I just tell people, look, we're going to start the event with a conversation with God, and then we're going to go to actual strategies, human wisdom. We're going to start at divine wisdom. We're going to move to human wisdom, and then we're going to move to knowledge so that you can begin to execute these things. Uh, and I just tell them it's a safe place. You can come in without any belief system. Okay. So there's no, there's no entrance requirement because there's not an entrance requirement in the kingdom, by the way. Either. Amen. Uh, and there's no pressure. You know, there's no like, uh, manipulative sort of religious strategies. I'm I'm there to facilitate a conversation with God because frankly, he's got it. Like he's got it. You ask people, I mean, in the book, the, the two, two questions I, I just love. This is a question you asked your atheist friend and that they, that you were asked that first time you're sitting in front of those two counselors uh, when, you know, <laughs> what lies do I believe about myself? Yeah. And what's true. And then I think the other one is what's true about, I couldn't, I couldn't find it to underline it yeah, really. But right. What's true. What's true about me. Yeah. Those are, how do you use that in a business setting? Yeah. 
fundamentally, the foundation of God talks are those two questions. Uh, what I found in conversations with God, and I have about a hundred different ways to facilitate these questions, but the first one I always start with is what lies do I believe about me? What, what's true about me? Uh, God's ready to speak, by the way, to you on those. Fundamentally, there's typically a single belief that is the thing that's holding you back the most. And my experience with that first exercise is God goes right after that first one. Usually they're feelings of unworthiness or alone uh, or, you know, God's done with me or something like that. That's, that's been a belief system that has literally affected your neurology. And, you know, in the book, I talk about the way the brain functions, how thoughts turn into literal software in your brain. And I show you in the book how to recode that software. And so I love starting with that question. Uh, so, for example, when I lead business owners through questions about their business, the first question I usually have them ask is, what lies do you believe about your business? What's true about your business? Mm. And you will find some of the most amazing lies. Like, by the way, roughly when I do the live events, especially a couple hundred people in the, in the room, I'll ask someone, hey, what, what did you write down? What lies do you believe about your business? Uh, I'm believing that my business is a necessary evil. I'll go, how many people wrote that down? 60, 30 to 60% of the room literally will raise their hand when somebody says one of, the, one of their things. 30 to 60% of the room. What that means is the enemy is not very creative. They just continue to copy uh, the <laughs> lies over and over again, right? And so what happens is this person over here has been thinking they're believing this lie and they think they're the only one. And then they see 120 people raise their hand. They're like, oh my gosh, we're all, we've all been, and then it reinforces the fact that it is, it is a lie. Uh, and so I love those questions. It really un- peels back the onion of belief. And fundamentally what you think turns into what you do. So you think something, it turns into a set of actions, which turns into a set of results. The, I think really the magic of God talks is undoing uh, very unprofitable, very hurtful thought patterns that in certain cases you were trained when you were very young to believe, and they've been ingrained in you and created a result in your life to retrain those. And, and I, I say this in the book too, you, God can fix in 30 seconds something that would take a counselor three years Amen. to get through. <laughs> he's, called, he's called the counselor, right? So mm-hmm. he can literally rewire something that quickly as long as you're letting, willing to let him do it. Mm. I'd like to offer up a suggestion for that exercise. Let's call that the Shrek exercise. <laughs> Onions have layers. <laughs> ogres have layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good. You know, I just, we're, I know we're not going to, I mean, this is why people engage (laughs) with you and come to your things because you, you do bring the awesome to the table first. And I think that that says a lot. And that's an encouragement to a lot of us, especially as we're looking at 2024, what can I do differently? Um, And, but I just want to point people to your website, which is just edrush.com so that they, and we'll have that in the show notes. We'll have all that stuff in the notes to connect to you. But um, I just want to give, you know, people, they're not, they're going to want more than what we can deliver in this one podcast. So throwing that out there. <laughs> I, I mean, how many events do you got scheduled for 2024? Uh, usually we do three to four events a year, depending on location, demand. Our next event's in February in Phoenix. That's a very business event. It's a wisdom for business events. So that's where you're going to be downloading uh, business ideas. And by the way, the, event, the events are, um, my life, I have trainings that are very expensive and high level stuff. The events are usually very accessible as far as the, even in the, even the investment uh, mm-hmm. goes. So yeah, at edrush.com, there's a link at the top that has a link to our next event. Uh, and the other website, by the way, is God Talks, easy to website to remember, yeah. godtalks.com. When you go there, I, I created a series of audios. A lot of times people like to do the exercises in a guided format where you have your headphones on, close your eyes, sit and journal uh, your answers about 20 minutes a day for seven days. Very simple to do. Uh, and those are available at godtalks.com, which is awesome. for the book. Yeah, Ed Rush, we could do this for an hour. <laughs> we could do it for five hours, but yeah. we're out of time. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing your story and for 
seeing your workplace as a mission field, as you're introducing <laughs> thousands of people to God every year, I, I, it's an honor to walk alongside you in this. And we're so grateful for your work. And we can't wait to hear more stories. Maybe one day you could bring us on location, one of those, and we can capture the stories of live of what's going on right there in your conferences. Yeah. That's a comfort to you. And of course, if it's in a nice sunny place in the middle of winter, that of course would make it moment, <laughs> but not necessary. Ed Rush, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you, Jim and Martha. Thanks again for what you do in the world. I appreciate your ministry and your influence. It's really extraordinary. Mm. Before we go, just want to invite you to check out our sponsors page, iworkforhim.com forward slash sponsors. Check out our signature sponsors, SaferNet and also patriotmobile.com. We would love to have you honor those sponsors who honor you by helping support this ministry. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet, online at safernet.com. We have an app for that? What? An app for cybersecurity for all your devices? Are you a business owner concerned about cybersecurity? SaferNet VPN offers the perfect solution. Protect your company and family with a single app. With our cloud-connected cybersecurity platform, enjoy VPN, internet controls, and virus protection. Stay safe online with SaferNet VPN today. Get secured now. Sign up at SaferNet.com. That's SaferNet.com. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online at iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number four, him dot com. <laughs>